This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. The topic of today's episode is going to be, in addition to spiritual reading, the mystical writings of the saints and the blesseds are also important. But first, a prayer. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. All that I am, all that I have, all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. So, for those of you who have, who have not... um heard some of the podcasts from my original channel uh there's a uh, uh a series of talks on the spiritual life by father bernard utley in the podcast channel true restoration radio now i've read this at least five times um I find it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of these things that you can keep going back to and keep going back to, and you're, you're going to find something new every time you go back to it. And um, so I was on the first episode. There's an introductory episode called uh, Episode Zero, but the first the first, I, I, I was listening today to the first episode. And it's a two hour long episode. And he was talking about um, the spiritual author, uh, Father James Lean. And for the first, for the first hour, he was kind of talking about how most most people who consider themselves Catholics aren't even practicing the spiritual life, if they're aware of it. And a lot of Catholic, uh, people who consider themselves true Catholics aren't even aware of the spiritual life. Now, during that talk, the host, and I've talked about this before, but the, the host said, well, you know, for those of us who were in the Vatican II sect, you know, they, they, they've corrupted, you know, the term spiritual life. And he's right. They, they have. They've, you know, but they're heretics. Their whole purpose is to, is to take the good things that true Catholicism has to offer and make it so repugnant to anybody who may be interested in these things that they they either dismiss it out of hand or they won't even try it. But, you know, this is aimed at my set of contest buddies out there. They also rewrote the canon or I'm sorry, the, uh, yeah, canon law. They, they rewrote it in 1983. That doesn't stop you from autistically arguing online how the 1983 code of canon law is heretical. Um, they had the whole Council of Vatican II, okay? That doesn't keep 
my autistic set of contest buddies out there from going online and arguing how Vatican II is heretical. So just because, you know, to me, I'm just going to bottom line it. When I hear people say something like, well, you know, when people hear this, they, they, the Vatican II people say this, they, they, they think it's corrupted. It's all a matter of what you care about, okay? That's the bottom line. If you care about something, even though the heretics have taken it and corrupted it, if you care about it, you're going to, you know, you're going to go back and you're going to um study, you know, you're you're going to you're going to ignore the heresy and go back to the roots of what got corrupted and try to implement not just implement it in your life because as I said earlier, Father Bernard Utley God bless him. Love that man. He talked about how a lot of people who consider themselves true Catholics aren't even aware of the spiritual life. This is, you know, this is one of the reasons I do this podcast. And honestly speaking, um, if I'm doing the will of God, Everything that I've talked about in both of my channels will come in useful one day to people who are thirsty to know these things. I'm 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 in I'm I'm firmly convinced of this, but that that's not what I wanted to talk about. So I was listening to the first hour and he was talking about how um, when Father Lean wrote between, I want to say, 1920 and 19, he died in 1944. But he, he wrote a lot of books and I think in one of the books he wrote, he was talking about how, um, you know, he thought that... Um, Communist, communism, communist materialism was going to overcome the world. And while I was listening to that, I, I couldn't help it because I'm a student of history or an amateur student of history that between capitalism, free market, quote unquote, free market capitalism, and communism that both ideologies had corrupted, you know, not, not just the, uh, what I call the worldlings, you know, the people who are just living for today, it also corrupted sincere and honest Catholics into materialism. Okay. Um, this this is not this, you know this this uh, uh I want to try to slow down here so I think what he was making a mistake of was was not realizing and like I said in the 1920s through the 1940s 
England at that time, because he was an Irish priest, but Ireland was still a part of um, England at that time. Well, maybe not. I think he was in Catholic Ireland, but whether whether the Irish like to admit it or not, they might have been independent. Of, the, the Irish Catholics might have been independent of England, but they were still influenced by the English culture and society. And they were there. They still are uh, like America. They're um. They're socialist, but, you know, nobody dares talk about it. America's the same way, and America has been that way for a very long time. And so, I think that at the time, because, you know, between the 1920s and the 1920s, well, up until Hitler took power in uh, Germany, you know, everybody was worried about communism. But at the time that he was writing, um, England was very socialist. Matter of fact, uh, I, I have to say probably 95% of the countries in Europe were one form of socialist or another. And the only reason I'm saying 95% is, is I don't want to make a definitive statement, but I'm pretty sure 95% of Europe was socialist. And anybody who knows their politics knows socialism is, it's, it's still, it's, I'm just going to put it bluntly. It's communism with a democratic facade. It's, it's communism with a democratic facade. They have their fake elections. People vote in the fake elections. The outcomes have already been decided. And they're all, you know, they're following the predetermined path that they were, you know, that they were always going to take. And, of course, they have their fake opposition, you know, who pretend that they're against it. But once they... They get into parliament or whatever. They they tow the party line. Anyway, this is not a political show. And it just struck me because I have read about Freemasonry. And anybody who's read Freemasonry is um is that there was interplay between the socialist and communist parties and the Freemasons themselves. Now, once again, I don't want to make a definitive statement. Honestly speaking, whether the Freemasons infiltrated the communist and socialist parties or if the socialist and communist parties just had Freemasonic members who implemented their politics to form these parties. It's like the chicken and an egg. It really doesn't matter. 
Freemasonic political um, ideology is materialistic at its root. And the reason why they went after the true Catholic Church was it was the only institution on earth that was not teaching materialism. It was the only institution on earth which was teaching that, hey, you know, um, having the right religion, um, living for God and not for yourself in the world is more important. Therefore, you know, as I said previously, um, I believe that the free, uh, free Masonic movement um existed prior to the 1700s. So they they infiltrated the Catholic Church prior to that. And for anybody who's interested in that, uh, what I just said, I've, I've covered it. I've covered it in previous episodes. Once again, this is not the purpose. This is not the topic. It's just to give an overview. So, but I noticed... I did notice that Father Lean, when 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 um, Father Bernard Utley quoted from him, he didn't really mention the Freemasons. He mentioned the Communists, and I believe that's because I'm not going to try to say I've studied ext- extensively. My hands are full as it is. But I have noticed that, as I said before, a couple of the popes, and I'm talking prior to Leo XIII, had written against Freemasonry. But between the 1700s and the 1960s, Freemasonry in and of itself wasn't really covered. Okay, it really wasn't covered. I would say, at least in my limited research that I've done, the the, the, the amount of books about Freemasonry are a handful. And rare and hard to come by, no less. And... It also brings me to what Father Bernard uttered in the first hour. He, he, he mentions Freemasonry in passing. And, you know, unfortunately, this is not what this topic is about. I just feel the need that it needs to be said. A lot of... Um, people who consider themselves true Catholics either think that Freemasonry is overblown or they don't think it matters. And for the sake of the remnant of the one true Catholic Church of today, it matters a great deal. And before I get on to my main topic, 
there's a lot of work to be done. I mean, a lot of work. Now, I do realize those of you who are married and have kids, um, you know, obviously you don't have the time or possibly the resources to do, you know, the necessary research. However, what I would say, if you're married with kids, one of the biggest things that you can do, especially if you homeschool, teach your kids the spiritual life, teach them about the dangers of Freemasonry, and then model model the 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 true catholic spiritual life to your kids you know there are a lot of younger set of uh set of contests slash true catholics who you know who think well i'm homeschooled and um blah 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 Online, uh, once again, gonna be blunt, you would never know that they were that they were true Catholic. If, if they did not have in their tagline or their bio that they were said of a contest, you would never know it by the way they acted. But anyway. But when he was talking about the spiritual life, he was talking about Vatican II. Now, this obviously is not... I, Vatican II is a part of this topic, but it's tangential. It's, it's, not, it's not the important point. Now, the topic of today's converse, uh, topic is, is how the mystical writings are important, not just the spiritual writings, but the mystical writings. Now, after the Reformation, and I'm not counting um, Our Lady of Lords and Our Lady of Fatima in on this. Um, Our Lady of Lords, I'm not familiar enough about what she talked about with St. Bernadette. Um, and, and Our Lady of Fatima, the other two apparitions that I'm going to talk about, Our Lady of Fatima was, at least as near as I can tell, giving us our final warning. It had already been covered in two previous apparitions. So, the first apparition was in Quinto, Ecuador around the time of the Reformation. I want to say in the 1520s. The Lady of our, of Good Success, that was her name, she we're talking 500 years before the fact, she prophesied that not only was Vatican II going to happen, but she also prophesied the, the degradation of society and culture that 
And she also prophesied the fact that in Catholic cultures and society that they would be no longer Catholic in outlook, in living, you know, they, they, they would no longer be Catholic. They would be no different from a Protestant or a secular um, country. Now, you know, everybody talks about Fatima, okay? And in his talk, Father Utley, I'm sorry, Father Bernard, talks about Our Lady of Fatima. But all Our Lady of Fatima did was basically tell Catholics at that time, you need to repent and change your life. Now, everybody talks about the um, the conversion of the conversion of Russia. Um, I don't. I don't want to speculate about that. I'll confine myself to saying that Our Lady of Good Success and Our Lady of of um, La Salette in France already prophesied what was going to happen. Fatima was just the last warning. Now, I know there have been other Marian apparitions after Fatima. Um, I'm not familiar with them, and I don't wish to speculate. Now, one of the things about the the Our Lady's apparition at um, of of good success at Quinto, Ecuador. The only, at least as as I can find, the only writings on that apparition that I can find were written in the 1700s by, I believe it was a um, Franciscan friar who happened to um, run across the nun who Our Lady of Good Success appeared to. Now, she was, she's a blessed and I don't believe she's been canonized or that she was canonized. And believe me, Vatican II is not going to canonize her because she flatly talks about Vatican II. She flatly talks about it. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say in my own long-winded way is this apparition which happened during the height of the Reformation, didn't hardly get any play. And I think I mentioned this in a previous episode. It didn't get hardly any play. And I bet you, if you ask the average set of the contest, well, what about Our Lady of Good Success? What? 
What are you talking about? I've never heard of that. But it is the key. The timing is, once again, divine providence. The timing's not coincidental. When Our Lady of Good Success appeared was at the Reformation. The Reformation is what got the modernist ball rolling. It's what eventually destroyed Christendom and the Catholic Church as we know it. And there's hardly any writings about it. Now, for Our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of La Salette, it, this happened shortly after Our Lady of Lourdes showed up to St. Bernadette. I want to say in the 1830s. I want to say it was the 1830s. But Our Lady of La Salette showed up to um, two shepherd kids in the French Alps in the 1840s. She too prophesied about Vatican II. Now, what is what's instructive about this particular prophecy was that there were elements within, remember now, pre-Vatican II, but there were elements of clergy within the Vatican who were trying to get that prophecy um they were trying to get that prophecy um what's the word I'm looking for stifled for lack of a better term stifled now I firmly believe that the reasons are the reason, not the reasons, the reason Our Lady of Good Success was practically unknown until after Vatican II, after the cows had already escaped, was that there were certain elements within the Curia who suppressed, who suppressed the, uh, the prophecy. Now on, or I should say, fortunately for us, they weren't entirely successful with Our Lady of La Salette. That's a little better known. But Our Lady of Good Success is criminally underknown. Criminally. And I believe, like I said, just like there were elements within the Curia who tried to suppress Our Lady of La Salette, they, they were more successful with Our Lady of Good Success. Now, the reason I'm talking about these two apparitions, Vatican II has already happened. However, at the end of the prophecy of Our Lady of Good Success, she talks about what is going to happen after the Great Tribulation. So, I'm going to give you the resources. It's up to you what you do with them. Now, for the last part of this topic, now, granted, 
the last two things I talked about were Marian apparitions, not actual mystical writings. However, just like when Father Bernard said that the spiritual life, if it's known, it's not practiced, and for the most part, it's not even known, the mystical writings of I'm just going to come out and say it, of the saints. Now, granted, Anne, Anne Emmerich is a blessed, and I believe um, the author of The Mystical Cities of God is also a blessed. If they were in the beginnings of being canonized, I don't think, once again, I don't think it's heresy on my part to call them saints. They might have had to go through purgatory. But once again, if you don't know this, you really need to be more aware of your catechism. Once you get through purgatory, you become a saint. So anyway, but these, but these two particular uh, saints write mystical writings. Now, for St. Anne Emmerich, she, she wrote Jesus himself had given her the visions from a very early age, a very early age. And the visions were not just about his life. They were also about the Old Testament um, divisions of what was in the Old Testament, things that were not in the old that that were not in the Old Testament, little details and stuff. And not only did she write, you know, she wrote about that and she wrote about the life of Jesus. She also wrote about our Blessed Mother Mary and about St. Mary Magdalene and the Passion of Jesus Christ. But I think the material in that book, uh, in, in the writings about the Passion of our Lord, were also in the four volume series about his life. Now, I'm on the third volume as of this recording, so I haven't gotten to the fourth volume yet. But as, as far as I know, the, the, the book on his, or the writings on his passion um, probably were linked to his four-part uh, series on his life. Um, the second spiritual author, uh, I'm sorry, mystical author was, um, St. Mary Agrenda, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. She was a Spanish nun who, um, had visions and um, I haven't read those those series of books yet. 
quite frankly, there's so much, so much read, to, so much to be read. Um, I despair of even having enough time to do this stuff. But anyway, uh, she also wrote a four-volume series called The Mystical City of God in which she talks about our Blessed Mother. So, I'm not going to lie. With the St. Anne Emmerich writings, the four-volume set, I believe the soft cover you can get, the four-volume set for like $90, $90, if I'm not mistaken. The hardcover set is going to run you like $130, I believe. But the the writings on uh, St. Mary Magdalene, the Blessed Mother, and the Passion of Our Lord Jesus, you can get them for like 30 bucks each in soft cover. But I recommend them because... I just, it, it, it was just very, very fruitful. And I'm only on the third volume. But it was very, very use, uh, fruitful for me. As I said, I have not read um, The Mystical Cities of God yet. But they... I, I intend on getting the hard co copy um, versions. The hard copy for the mystical cities of God, I want to say runs, I, I believe the cheapest I've seen the hardcover is about 130 and then the soft cover I think runs between 100 and 115 if I'm not mistaken. Now, a lot of people are probably going to, if, 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 you know, they're taking what I'm saying seriously, they're going to say, good grief, this is a lot of reading. That's why I said at the beginning of this episode that we've got a lot of work to do. We have a lot of work to do. Um, I'm just suggesting these materials. And let's just say, oh, and by the way, the uh, Kindle books for the four, uh, for the St. Anne Emmerich Life of Jesus series and for the um, uh, Mystical Cities of God, oh, you can get them on Kindle. But, once again, I'm just going to warn you that when Klaus Schwab and his Masonic Satanist buddies pull the plug, you will lose access to your Kindle. Anything that's on your Google Drive, you will lose access to. So those of you who have the means to get your reading materials on a hard drive, I intend on doing it myself real soon. Anywho, but um, I would suggest um, 
if 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 the the thought of reading you know four volumes of uh, mystical writings, you know, either doesn't interest you or sounds like a tall order, at least, at least read about Our Lady of Good Success and Our Lady of La Salette. At least, okay, and. Um, the books about, at least for Our Lady of Good Success, the, uh, nun who was blessed, um, the, the, the Franciscan friar who wrote in the 1700s, wrote her, uh, biography, and he wrote about her, um, her prophecy, well, the prophecies that were given to her by Our Lady of Good Success. Um, they're, they're, they clock in, I want to say, around 300 pages. There's two volumes. Both clock in at around 300 pages. As far as Our Lady of La Salette, I know that one of... There, there are actually a couple of books... Um, that were written like 30 years after the, uh, our, our lady of La Salette appeared to the, to the little shepherd kids. Um, I, I'm not sure cause I haven't looked into it quite frankly, as I said, my plate, my plate is massively full. Um, I'm not sure if the two books about her, uh, about Our Lady of La Salette, are still in print. But I know, and I'm going to give this in my show notes, there's an organization called Tradition in Action that makes little booklets about both apparitions. So, if you don't do anything else at least look into those two apparitions because like i said they they prefigure they prefigure our lady of fatima by um in the case of our lady of la salette by almost 100 years not quite but almost and obviously our lady of good success we're talking 500 years so Anyway, um, those are my recommendations. Um, to in, in closing, I feel like this needs to be said. Um, I think that people ignore the mystical writings if, if they are indeed, if they are indeed serious about their um, their faith um, they should you know they should uh, at least read some mystical writings because different people different results I can speak for myself though and say that the mystical writings have enriched me greatly They've enriched me greatly. 
soul. As I said in the show notes, I will I will give my resources. So I care about everyone within the sound of my well, no, everyone in general. I pray for everyone. I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. And it is possible to get to heaven. But it's going to take two things. Number one, accepting the graces that God gives you unhesitatedly. And number two, putting in as much work as you are capable of. There are no shortcuts to heaven. There aren't. And I truly believe for the remnant of true Catholics out there, the remnant, that we have a purpose to play in, in, in the future. But since I'm not a prophet, I can't tell you what it is. I could just say, though, by the way, the, the saints and the spiritual writers say this as well. You know, it, the, the remnant of true Catholics is going to have a part to play in the Great Tribulation. So you take that for what it's worth. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah.
Oremus Christi. Oremus, concedi nos famulos tuos que sumus Domine Deus, perpetuamentis et corporis sanitate gaudere, et gloriosa Beate Mariae Semper Virginis Intercessione, a presenti liberare tristitia, et eterna perfrui laetitia, per Christum Dominum Nostrum. 